Tonight we got some great chat for you, uh, talking about children and the faith, and uh, I think you'd really like it. We've got some great chat for you, mm-hmm. talking about children and faith. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do that song you were doing. Overture, curtains, lights, <laughs> this is it, <laughs> the heights. <laughs> Hey, this is John and Connor, Catholic Rednecks. We're just goofing off. Um, we have to do an intro to explain that we're John and Connie. Uh-huh. And I'm going to try to do one episode a week where me and my wife are talking about uh, our Catholic faith, kids, suffering, cooking, the cat, what else? Granddaughter, grandson coming. And yeah, we thank you so much for coming by the podcast if you do enjoy it please let us know shoot an email to catholic for rednecks podcast at gmail.com and uh holler at us tell us what you want to hear and enjoy the show Hello there, everyone. This is John. And Connie. Connie is my wife, and I've had her on the podcast three or four or five times since I started. And she's the only one that gets fan mail. <laughs> so if you have any fan mail for me, <laughs> it's Catholic for Rednecks Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, my birthday is coming up in November. How old will you be? I'll be 60. That's good. And instead of getting the usual bag of underwear or pair of socks or a tie or letting everyone pick where I'm going to go eat, I want some equipment for the podcast and the YouTube channel. I bought you some. Yes, you did. Now, tell me everything I asked for, so I want to know if you've been listening to me. Some tubings and a tarp. Tubings <laughs> and a tarp. That sounds like you're going to murder somebody. <laughs> uh, I have a list. You sent me something on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You always make sure we know what presents you want. <laughs> you start yeah, celebrating I'll, a whole month before your day. I'll put it on Facebook and tag everybody I know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so what I want is some equipment to do the podcast and make it better. And I want a few things to help my YouTube channel better. And what I'm going to try to do is merge them into one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I'm right now doing the podcast, the camera would be on, and we could have both. Because the people that listen to podcasts don't usually watch videos, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So... I really love going to Mass, and I get excited. I start getting excited about it on Fridays, and then on Saturday, when I go to bed, I have anticipation and excitement. Ain't all weird? Yeah, probably a little bit. I get Mm -hmm. excited, too, but at the same time, sometimes I have to say, it's I do have to make myself go sometimes. 
You hate them. When I'm tired. But I, I don't want to miss anything. I definitely know that I'm missing out when I don't attend Mass. And what are you I, missing? And I, I'm trying not to miss out. It's usually because I'm on call or somebody in the family's sick. Um, I don't miss out for any other reasons usually. But I've skipped Mass, I think, twice where I, on purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't meaning to skip it. But I had drank too much the night before during football season. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty much tanked when I passed out. Well, I just don't want to miss an opportunity knowing that, you know, I'm going to partake of the body of Christ and all the benefits and the communion that I will have with him. I don't want to miss out on that. And I get opportunities to take communion for people that I love that are not there. Mm. Well, I never went to Mass till I was however old, 50-something? Yeah. Really? Pretty old. Like 51, maybe? I guess, yeah. I can't, I can't really remember, but... Nine years ago? Yeah, it was just a completely different church experience than anything I had ever been to in my life. And I still get excited every time I go. There's only one time I did go through a period of time where I wasn't that crazy about going to Mass. That's when I worked at EWTN. And I worked security, and they had a live Mass early in the morning, and I had to work it all the time. And so it became my job to be there, and I was having to keep my eyes open for, you know, trouble. And it wasn't the same as getting to go to Mass. However... I was at work and couldn't I couldn't miss either way. Well, I had something I wanted to talk about tonight, actually. What's that? A, an event that happened at Mass last week. I had one, too, so don't let me forget. Okay. I'll let you go first. So, so we were at Mass, and um, Brian met us there, and he brought our granddaughter, Lila, who's three, and she's been going to Mass since she was an infant. And the good thing about the Catholic Church is there's no nursery, (laughs) which can be a a blessing. And at times it seems like what might be a curse, but it's not really. But I'm used to it now. Priest, yeah, because it used to aggravate you to death. Oh, yeah. But priests who truly have the vocation of pastor love to hear the sound of children at Mass because it means the church is thriving and prospering, and that the families are growing, and that's exactly what God commanded us to do from the get-go. Um, so, anyway, so Lila comes to Mass with her daddy, and there's been times she's, she imitates her father, like kneeling when we're kneeling. She prays, and so when I've got her, when she starts to try to get bored and act up, we sit down front. I I try to point out and whisper to her things that are going on up on the uh, altar and, you know, like what the priest is doing. And she loves to see the um, altar boys in their robes with the incense and candles and the cross. She loves to watch them come down the aisle with with Pastor. And um, anyway, this this last um, last Sunday, she... I took her to pee-pee like five times. <laughs> Does she, she still go one more time? 
Oh, gosh. Like it's one more time. Yeah. Instead of saying, you got to go pee, she'll just say, one more, one more yeah. time. <laughs> so, anyway, and it's right when, you know, he's starting to, the um, priest is starting to go through the, you know, prayers and consecration and all that up, up there. And so. Oh, those aren't sound effects, folks. That's Connie's I'm off on call. Blowing, I'm blowing up. up. She's a nurse and she's yeah. on call. So uh, I guess we're writing you out that you're doing a podcast with somebody's it's okay. crying. Go ahead. Anyway, so I took her to the bathroom, and they had already started lining up for communion. And, of course, we're like three rows back from the front. And so they were already halfway through the church by the time we got back into the, um, you know, into the sanctuary. I was holding Lila by the hand, and she likes to try to jump ahead. She pulls me sometimes, and mm-hmm. and I thought she's just trying to be. She's just being a little bit uh, mischievous, and you know, wanting to be cantankerous about rambunctious. Yes, yes. And all of a sudden, we're like twenty feet back before our turn, and we're in a line that's moving pretty quickly. And she decides to kneel down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm holding her hand, and I was like, "Lila, get up, get up, Lila!" And I, she wouldn't get up, and so I, I reached under both her little arms and lifted her up, and she had her knees bent, mm-hmm. and she would not put her feet on the floor. So I put her back down because she's heavy; she's a chunk. Mm-hmm. And then we did it. We did that like three times. I'd pick her up and move her forward. Pick her up and move her forward. It was ridiculous. And so in my mind, I'm thinking she's trying to be brat right mm-hmm. now <laughs> and as we got closer down front i finally was probably about five feet out i actually had her arms and and she just slid across the floor on her knees mm-hmm. like a dust mop <laughs> all the way up to the yeah place. i looked up it's like you're pulling about her arms <laughs> and she's got her knees dug into the floor <laughs> and she's just dragging up oh my gosh and so we got there in front of the priest and um i was trying to take communion and i she was just kneeling down, and he looked down, and he grinned at her, and he blessed her. And then I picked her up and carried her back to sit down, and it it dawned on me that what she was doing was imitating her father, because every time Brian goes down for communion, he kneels for communion. Yeah, explain to the people listening what why we kneel for. That, a lot of people have never been to Mass, and they may not know what you're talking about. Well, you explain it. I always get your answers wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, communion is when I was Baptist, we called it. Connie's finally looking at her phone, those to see if he's crying out for help. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay, it's administrative. She's not working in EO or nothing. <laughs> but uh, you'll be strong. Just hang in there until the podcast is over. But um, we had the Lord's Supper once every few months when I grew up Baptist. And they would, we would just sit there and they would hand out these trays that had little crackers in them. Then they would hand out these other trays that were circular and they had little cups of like Welch's grape juice. And we would have the Lord's Supper. And we did that about once every three or four months. And I was always excited because it meant church was going to be faster because the preacher had to cut his long sermon so it was just something different. But in Catholic Church, the whole purpose of the Mass is communion. And people say, what about the Word of God? 
Well, we believe that communion is the Word of God. You know, Jesus said, you know, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, mm -hmm. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And all the words of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he talks about his flesh and uh, his blood and eating his flesh and blood. And he said, this is my body, eat it. And uh, that, actually that word means to chew. And uh, this is my blood, drink it. And so that's what we do. We uh, eat Jesus. Isn't that scripture a type and shadow of the Trinity? What? In the beginning was the Word. And In the, the Word was God. And the Word was with God. Well, you know, Trinity is three. Uh-huh. Word is the Holy Spirit. With God. With in God. The, in the beginning was the Word. What the about word when Jesus God, got baptized? And the Word is with God. When Jesus got baptized, he's being baptized. Mm -hmm. And then it says a voice from heaven. It was the Father. Mm -hmm. And it said they saw the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. Dove, yeah. Anyhow, we do hear a message from the Word of God. As a matter of fact, we hear something from the Old Testament. The Psalms, which we sing, we hear an epistle, and the entire thing revolves around a passage from the gospel, and we stand. Mm -hmm. When they go to read the gospel, we all stand, and they read the words of Christ, we stand up. So we're hearing the word. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, if you go to every Mass for three years, you will hear the entire Bible read out loud to you. Yeah. And people say, well, why don't Catholics take their Bibles to church? Well, they got these little booklets sitting there in a pew, and they come in sections, and you pick up that booklet, and you turn to the date, you know, like Sunday the 10th or whatever, you turn to that, and there's all your passages written out in order. You know, my, my grandmother read... The daily uh, readings, yeah. Oh, yeah. She read them every day, but she would look them up in her own Bible. We mm -hmm. had that Bible. Yeah, I was looking at it the other day. When she passed away, yeah, we got that. And she would read it out of her own Bible, but she never took that Bible to Mass. She just read the, you know, the, um, what are they called? The Missalettes. Yeah, Missalettes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, um... I think one time I carried my Bible to Mass, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? They're reading it to me. And that's cool because, you know, faith comes by hearing. Hearing. That's what exactly what faith comes by hearing. hearing and we God. hear the Word of God proclaimed. And, you know, they just don't read the Word of God from just anywhere out there. There's a special lector where the Word is read out loud. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. And even you notice what the candles are when they read it? Right, on each side of the mm -hmm. word. Jesus yeah. is the light of the world, uh -huh. the illumination of the word. And uh, they do a little... Incense? Yeah, incense. What does incense mean? You know? Mm. Well, it's, you know, a lot of people will say that us Catholics do a lot of things that the Jews did. And the reason that is, is Catholicism is simply the continuation and fulfillment of, the, of Judaism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
you know, the temple, the tabernacle, the sacrifices, the blood sacrifice, the robes, the priest, the incense, the music, all that stuff is continued, except the blood is now Jesus. And so the whole point in going to the Mass is to celebrate communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, as a Baptist would call it, right? So when you're approaching the Eucharist, you know, the priest is representing Christ, and he's blessed with bread, and the wine, which we believe as Catholics, is Jesus. The host, the, the bread, is Jesus. The same as Jesus walking around, the same as Jesus in heaven, that there's no difference between the uh, communion bread, the communion host, and Jesus on the throne, right? So what do you do when you approach a king? You bow or kneel. Yeah, you bow or you kneel. So that's exactly what we do. We're in line, and when it's your turn, uh, you bow while the other person's in front of you. Then when they walk off from communion, you walk forward, and the priest will say, we'll hold up the body of Christ, the, the wafer, the host, the bread, whatever you call it. And he'll look at you in eyeballs and say, body of Christ. And what do you say? Amen. Amen. I and think then, the first time I'd gone back to Mass, I said, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And Father Joe kept asking you over and over yeah. until you finally said the body of yeah. Christ. Yeah. So when uh, they hold the, the priests will hold the host, the round wafer of the bread, which is Jesus. And... He'll look you in the eye and say, body of Christ. And you acknowledge it, that it is the body of Christ. That's why only Catholics can come forward for communion at Mass because we believe in the real presence. We believe it's Jesus. So you kneel down and he puts Jesus on your tongue and you chew on Jesus to go back to your seat. Well, Lila watches us do that, so... Instead of hitting the knees at the proper time, she gets a start about 20 feet out. Yeah. And she'll stay on the knees while you push her like a sled. But, you know, and the, you know, going back to that, that's one of the things that occurred. I mean, I truly felt very uh, chastised in my heart when I got back to the pew and realized that I was frustrated with her. Mm-hmm. And she was actually... She had actually learned something and was imitating her dad. Right. And so I I thought about all, then, you know, all the children, little children start acting up <laughs> because the mass went long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you heard them everywhere. And Ma, I can imagine the level of frustration and irritation, Thanks. yes, from the parents. Because all the parents mm-hmm. feel like, no child is as bad as theirs are in well, mass, and they also feel like everybody's watching them, well, what they're going to do with their baby or little toddler. A few months ago when Father Jerevic finally closed the mass, what did Lala do? Uh, she said, yay. Yay. So I want to tell From you. the now, back pew, yeah. and the whole church laughed. I'll tell you something, though. So I want to encourage people that, you know, it's actually a great sacrifice, 
at times to take your children to mass. It is. It's hard. It's not easy. But they are so perceptive, and they pick up on everything that we do. They they imitate Mama and Daddy all the time. You see it all the time in the way they play with each other. But one of the things that's so important is to be able to show them and teach them and don't think for a second that they're not, they may act like they're not listening or watching, but they are. And, um, and it's important because you're laying a foundation for them because, you know, what does the Bible say about train up a child in the way he should go? And when he's old, he will not depart from that. And so even if your teenagers decide they want to take an exit and do something different, God promises that if you've raised them up in church, they will get back to that correct path. The Holy Spirit will lead them back to where they need to be. So it's important as parents to do that and as grandparents to do that. Sometimes grandparents have more, like I know that when Brian brings Lila to church or when he knows he's going to bring her, he'll say, is mom going? Mom going? (laughs) Because grandparents have a little more patience at times, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to do that. But I want to tell you a funny story. I think I shared it with you the other day. This is so funny how kids are. Kids will just come out with anything, like Lila. Mm -hmm. Yay, at the end of Mass or, you know, clapping or whatever. But a friend of mine said that um, her little grandchild had been, they had been going to church, and I think she's Protestant, and uh, they'd been going to church and, you know, was trying to keep the kids still and toddler was just acting a mess. And she was getting frustrated. She kept telling him, be still, be still. We're, we're here. We're here to see Jesus. And he yelled out, I hate Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just a little boy because he doesn't understand everything. But it was just such a funny thing. She said, everybody started laughing because kids are just so innocent. They are. I mean, you know, my twins, Melanie and uh-huh. Molly, not my, my brother's twin daughters. They're nurses now. Yeah. But they're twins and I remember when they were little that age that we had to go to one of our uncles died and uh, you know it was the first time they were at a funeral <laughs> and my brother Terry and Mary they took Melanie and Molly up front to see my uncle I won't mention his name and I guess they got prepped before they went you know people don't look too good laid out I don't if you look do not I do not want to open casket. Better be nice to me. Yeah. Same, that works both ways, okay? I won't care. Okay. Well, if you go before me, but you're being threatening to me, I can remember. Oh, okay. Anyhow, for anyone listening to this, I, I will, if there's such a thing as hauntings and curses and ghosts, I will traumatize you. Do not. Are you still on that? Tell your story. I do not want an open <laughs> casket, okay? Okay. Look here. So they took the little girls up there, Melanie and Molly, to see Uncle So-and-So. And then they got back, and after the <laughs> after the uh, service, they both screamed out, we want to go see that dead man again. <laughs> I mean, it was loud. Everybody heard it. And that made me laugh. And um, I think it makes the Lord laugh, too, because, you know, Jesus said, suffer not the little children to come unto me. Well, kids, such is the kingdom and heaven. kids will tell on you yeah. at church. They'll tell on you. Yeah. They'll tell on mom and dad for drinking and smoking and everything. That's the kind of beer my daddy drinks. Well, I remember, <laughs> you remember we went to church in Oklahoma. I might get in trouble for saying this. 
but uh, I'm real, okay? But uh, it was Easter, and the pastor pointed out, oh, he had yeah. one of those little girls up there, <laughs> you know, and he said, oh, that's a, just a beautiful Easter dress. They were sitting on the steps. Mm-hmm. And the- Did your mommy get you that dress for Easter? And she said, yes, Pastor. She says, it's a bitch to iron. You remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, they'll just say anything. But I I had an experience Sunday before last at Mass. At Mass is the most supernatural time that exists, okay? Because we believe that we are transported during the Mass to the very, very moment where Jesus is crucified for sins, and we believe that we are with him, okay? I can't explain it. That's why it's called a mystery, the mystery of faith, but we're trans, where that is the same sacrifice. Can I just say one thing and interrupt you real quick? You know what's funny to me is that people will say that's that, that's not reasonable, or I don't understand that, or that doesn't make sense. How mm-hmm. can you believe something like that? And what I don't understand is why would you want to believe in a God that you could figure out? If he if he's doing something that's beyond my understanding, mm-hmm. it it's better than if my pea brain can figure out what he's going to do, then that's not really saying much, you know? Yeah, I agree with you, and I don't know how he does. How does he listen to a billion people praying at one time. He's beyond reason. But and go ahead, I interrupted you. No, it's, it's true. I mean, how could he possibly do that? I know. How does a man and wife, two different bodies, become one Yeah. at marriage? But, you know, the two shall become one. Yeah. So, anyhow, after Mass, for some reason they had confession after Mass. And you're not supposed to take communion unless you've been to confession. Okay, so Father John Paul, and I call him JP3, Father John Paul from EWTN, I used to uh, work there alongside him, so I know him pretty good. And he got up there and said that they were going to have confession after Mass. Now, I came early to go to confession but no one was there to do it. So after Mass, I went to confession. So there was about six or seven people ahead of me. And it's all young people. When I say young, under 40. And that blessed my heart to see people college and from college age to 30-something there. And it was my turn. And I went into the booth as Father John Paul already knew who it was going to be. And I said my little confession. It took me about 30 seconds. I said my after contrition, and I left. And uh, I went and did my penance, you know, bowed down, I bowed down on my knees and knelt down on my knees and did what I was supposed to do for my penance. And then I was walking out the church, walked out the front stairs, and all of a sudden when I was going down the stairs, there's an overwhelming aroma of, you know what chrism oil smells like? Yeah. Chrism oil is what the priest uses to baptize with and to do the last rites. And when my granddaughter was baptized and anointed with oil and we laid hands on her, I could smell that 
chrism oil on my fingers the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. When I got confirmed in the Catholic Church on April 4th Easter vigil, you know, Father Joe anointed me with the chrism oil. And I've seen them pray over chrism oil. It's a big deal. And I remember I could smell that. I didn't want to, to go away. Well, when I walked out of the cathedral, I'm getting all tongue-tied. When I walked out of the cathedral and I got about 10 feet out the front door, there's an overwhelming smell of chrism oil. And the first thought I had was, you know, did I get some on my hands? Because I had laid this iPhone right here on the bench to do something before I left. And I was thinking, I wonder did I set my iPhone in a puddle of chrism oil? Maybe someone spilled oil on that bench. So I grabbed my phone. I guess I looked stupid. I started, you know, sniffing my phone. I didn't smell nothing. And then I, you know, bent my chin down and I could just smell it overwhelming. Here's how, how loud the smell was, okay? You ever heard like a, like there'd be a gas leak out in town. You could smell that gas smell. Or after fireworks, you smell the gunpowder in there. It was very strong. And chrism oil smells great to me. And I smelt it all the way across till I got across the street, which is a big street. And then it went away. And I figured, well, I bet somebody, I thought about the alabaster jar. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, I bet somebody broke a vase or bottle of chrism oil in that spot. And I was just walking through the fumes. I don't want to say fumes, but the vapors. The aroma. Yeah, the aroma. Uh-huh. Well, I had The part, essence. The essence. <laughs> What's that stupidest, I mean, the essential oils people were selling? Okay. So I had to walk a whole city block to my car to get in, and I quit smelling it. And I was just, I kept smelling my fingers, my phone, my clothes, wondering had I got chrism oil on me, but I didn't smell nothing. And I said, well, I guess it was just a spill back there. Or maybe somebody put it on the anointed, the doorknob of the confession booth. That's what I was thinking. So I get in your, I was driving your car. I got in your car, and guess what happened? What? Overwhelmingly, I smelled the chrism oil again, just like I did coming out that door. And I kept smelling my fingers, my shirt, my phone, everything, and it wasn't on me, but I could smell it. Then I turned left like I'm going towards home. Mm. I got about a quarter or a half block from from there, and the smell went away again. Huh. But I kept smelling my phone, yeah. my fingers, and, and yeah. my shirt. Did I really smell it? And, and one time, you know, Father Jeff Wendy? Yeah. He told me that uh, I probably got the story wrong. He's a priest. He was, what'd you do? You do not touch this microphone, okay? Because you about screwed the whole show up. Let me hit on pause and discipline you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jeez, Connie, do not touch this, okay? I love you. Okay, I forgive you. Don't try. But Father uh, Jeff was telling me that they had a, um, a tornado hit. 
right? And will you say so, so they don't think that I'm really fussing at oh, you? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. I do okay. remember that. <laughs> Tornado hit the Catholic church, and it moved. It tore the whole building up, but it moved the statue of Mary from where it had been out there to in front of the church unharmed and upright. So it's like everything was tore up and he was telling me how the, you could smell roses real, real strong, a real, real strong smell of roses. And I have read that before that when the Virgin Mary appears that you smell overwhelming smell of roses. Well, back when I worked at EWTN, they brought some relics. You know what relics are? I do. Uh, they're things that saints or apostles or whatever. We had a relic here in our home. We sure did. We had what more was than it? one, but we had the chalice that St. John Paul, Pope St. John Paul, actually used in his communion. This is his private. Yeah, his, per his, his private personal communion. chalice. And we, we hosted got, that yeah, here in our home. We kept Pope John Paul's chalice here. For a week, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, we took communion out of it because a priest yeah. came and did mass at our house. And the reason was, it was it was absolutely, special. it was a special, it was special because we were under... We were going through some stuff. Severe unction, or what did they say? Anyway, he said... We were, we were, we were going, going through, through a lot of we, stuff. We so weren't we, fighting or going through no, a divorce or nothing. No, we had a sick family. We, we had stuff sick. going yeah. on, a lot of stuff. So... He decided he was going to do mass at our house. And he did, I mean, put on the the whole thing. And uh, so we took communion right there um, in, in our house. And that is a relic. You're right. I also got a broken piece of the empty tomb from, you know, yeah. Jerusalem. That would be a relic. And people say, y'all are worshiping rocks. Well, you know, Paul would take handkerchiefs from his presence and would go out and heal people, yeah. right? Do you remember in Mark chapter 4 when the lady with the issue of blood say, if I might touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole? And it happened. Remember Elijah's bones? Mm -hmm. You know, there's relics all in the Bible. The shadow. Yeah. Do you remember the, uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant with the rod of Aaron and the yeah. tablets and the manna, those, all those are relics. So they had some relics one day at EWTN and I went to see them and the entire, that whole place smelled like a rose garden, just overwhelming smell of roses. And uh, the only thing I could think of is somebody got a bunch of rose air, air freshener and sprayed the heck, heck out of it. But I went back up there because I worked there at night and there wasn't no smell when they moved those relics. There was, there was nothing there. But they had, they had all, you know, they shave the popes when they die. Mm -hmm. And they shave saints. They shave their facial hair a lot. And they take blood. And they don't embalm certain ones because they look at them years down the road to see if they've rotted or yeah. stayed whole. And they even did that EW10. They had a, one of the friars died. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know it, but they had a mausoleum 
right there by the front lobby. You walked right next to it. Didn't even know it was there. A bunch of dead priests in the wall. Saw so they had a priest and his well, family. What is there up at um, Blessed Sacrament? Yeah, in Hansel. It's where Mother Angelica is. All those nuns are... Uh, in the lower crypt? Yeah, right there in the... Okay, let me ask you. When you go down there where Mother Angelica is entombed in that wall, what do you feel down there? There's a presence down there, and there is... We're, we're recording. We got company. But, yeah, you're right. There's... um. You, if you can go to Hansel to the Shrine of Blessed, what's it called, Sacrament, uh-huh. and go downstairs to the lower crypt, and you tell me you don't feel anything, let me know. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to y'all next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.